Lung cancer is the most common cause of cancer-related deaths and the most commonly diagnosed cancer in Canada. But should everyone at risk be screened? I'm Dr. Diane Kelsall, Interim Editor-in-Chief of CMAJ, and today I'm speaking with one of the authors of the Lung Cancer Screening Guideline published in the CMAJ. Dr. Gabriella Lewin is a family physician in Kempville, Ontario, and an assistant professor at the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Ottawa. Dr. Lewin is a member of the Canadian Task Force on Preventive Health Care, chair of the Lung Cancer Working Group, and co-author of the guideline. Dr. Lewin, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. To begin, can you remind us a bit about the burden of lung cancer in Canada? So lung cancer is the most common cause of cancer-related death and the most commonly diagnosed cancer among Canadians. Uh, Around 27,000 Canadians will be diagnosed, uh, well, were diagnosed in 2015, and about 21,000 die from lung cancer. Um, So it's the most prevalent cancer so far in men and women. Now, the Canadian Task Force published a guideline on this quite a long time ago, actually, in 2003. So what has changed since then in terms of new knowledge and new technologies that you know, made the task force decide to redo the guideline? So back then, uh, there were only trials on chest x-ray for screening, and those did not show a decrease in mortality uh, for screening of lung cancer with that technology. But in the last few years, uh, precisely in 2011, there is a new study, very high quality, published that showed a decrease in mortality using a new technology, which is low-dose computer tomography to screen for lung cancer, but only in uh, special populations, in very high-risk groups. So uh, the task force, given that study, I mean, it obviously it sounds like it was a bit of a game-changer, decided to redo the guidelines. So who participated in the development of these guidelines? So typically, the methods of the task force is... Uh, is it three groups? One would be the task force members, and in this case, the lung cancer uh, screening working group, which is composed of six of the members of the task force, which usually we all have background on family medicine and in methodology and uh, in evidence, uh, critical appraisal. And the other group would be the, the Public Health Agency of Canada, who is a task force office that supports the guidelines in the write-up and uh, administrative support as well. And the evidence review was done by the uh, Evidence Review Center in McMaster's, who is an independent group that produces the the summary of the evidence. And uh, all together, we have produced this guideline. Based on the the review of the evidence, who should be screened for lung cancer and what would be the preferred method of screening? We are recommending to screen adults aged 55 to 74 years old who are current or former smokers uh, with at least 30, so heavy smokers, 30 pack years of smoking history. 30 pack years means at least one pack a day for 30 years or the equivalent, could be two packs a day for 15 years. And also could people who quit less than 15 years ago are eligible as well. And the idea is that they are screened with low-dose CT, uh, and this has a slightly higher radiation than a common X-ray. So it's very low radiation compared to regular CT. And on an annual basis, so once a year, 
up to three consecutive years. Why stop after three years? So far, the evidence that has been published and that we have available for this guideline has only shown decreased mortality using three consecutive annual screens. Beyond that, uh, we are not sure about not only the benefit, but also the harms. And uh, even though it's a speculation, it could go either way. The harms are substantial, and if we continue doing this annually, the accumulative effect of radiation or the more you investigate, it could potentially add more overdiagnosis and harm. Or other way could actually benefit even more. We Unfortunately, we don't have certainty around this question. So we decided to go what we have. The evidence is up to three annual screens so far. Now, tell us about the strength of this recommendation. Is this a strong recommendation? What kind of evidence supports it? So we use the great terminology for the strength of the recommendation, and in this case, a weak recommendation. And a weak recommendation means for patients that most people would want to have this screening done, but many may not want to have because of the balance between benefits and harms. In regards of uh, clinicians, there is a need to have a discussion with the patient on the balance between benefits and harms. And we have developed some tools to help clinicians and patients make those decisions. And for policymakers, it means a weak recommendation. There has to be debate uh, among the stakeholders to decide whether it is worthwhile to develop a screening program in each province for this particular screening test. Now, historically, some people have used things like chest x-ray, sputum cytology to screen for lung cancer. Do these work? Typically, there was no screening uh, indications for chest x-ray or sputum cytology. People would probably just order it uh, part of uh, investigating symptoms, and then they, they would find an abnormal result that could potentially be uh, cancer. Uh, so there was no guideline at the time until now that would tell clinicians to do chest x-ray or sputum cytology. But that was the only technology we had to even investigate people with symptoms uh, and then follow up with a CT scan, etc. So that's a really important point. These guidelines do not apply to people with symptoms. People with symptoms you would investigate as you normally would. That is a good point. I didn't say that before. So yes, it would apply to adults. And normally it would be with no lung history of lung cancer, current or former, or any symptoms that could suggest that they have lung cancer. But they could have other symptoms, like people with COPD or cough or shortness of breath, but not necessarily lung cancer symptoms. This recommendation is focused very much on people who smoke, um, who've had a history of smoking. What about other people who might be at higher risk? For example, people who've lived in homes with radon or people who have had um, radiation treatment in the past. What are the recommendations around this group? That's a very good question. We did include those questions in our evidence review. Unfortunately, we lack the evidence to support uh, screening in those groups. So lung cancer is most commonly related to smoking tobacco, and that's the only evidence we have now, people with heavy smoking history. Uh, so the other patients, unfortunately, there's, there's no evidence to support doing a, a regular screening, even though they might have increased risk. 
So what should a clinician do if somebody comes in and says, look, you know, we've discovered I have very high radon in my home. I've been living in here for 20 years. Um, I'm worried. Uh, typically, uh, the, the clinician will have to assess, use the clinical judgment and, uh, and order the test that he believes there need to be done in this case. But our guideline does not support or recommend to, to do particularly anything in those cases. Now, you mentioned that, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, the provinces and territories and screening programs. Are you aware, are there any provinces or territories that have existing programs to screen high-risk patients such as these for lung cancer, like patients who've had a history of smoking or are current smokers? So currently, there's no organized screening programs in Canada. There are groups or different provinces that are working on it, but nothing established yet. Okay, so it sounds like to implement these guidelines, the provinces and territories will have to develop some kind of organized screening program. Right, and that's a very important point because in the recommendation we also point out that these uh, recommendations should be applied uh, only in areas with expertise on early detection and treatment of lung cancer. So a program would probably fit those requirements. And uh, I think because there were no guidelines to screen for lung cancer before this one, then obviously there's no programs in place. So that might change in the near future for some of the provinces. It sounds like it's going to could take some provinces some time to develop such a program. In the meantime, should clinicians be sending their high-risk patients off for for this kind of testing if if such a program does not exist? Right. So if the technology is available and the clinicians have patients who are uh, aware of these guidelines and they want to have the discussion, they can do what is called opportunistic screening so send out the patient to do a low-dose CT uh, and then explain the benefits versus harms. Ideally, use our tools to, so the patients can make an informed decision. And then uh, the clinician has to make sure that in his area, he will be able to follow up the, with the specifics. Uh, there is an abnormal test. There has to be something in place putting his area to follow up with that properly. Now, you mentioned tools a couple of times. Where can um, our listeners get these tools? So these tools will be free and available in our website, which is www.canadiantaskforce.ca, as soon as the, the guideline is released. Are there any other recommendations in the guideline that our listeners should be aware of? I know we mentioned a little bit. Uh, what happens to the people with uh, other exposures to radiation, but also what happens to the people who don't, who are not eligible to do the screening. So we recommend strongly not to do screening in patients younger than 55 or older than 74 who have a lower risk of smoking, so smoking less than 30 pack years with low dosity. And also we recommend not to use chest x-ray with or without sputum cytology for screening of lung cancer, and this is also a strong recommendation. I would say the the younger people with a lower uh, smoking history 
we don't have enough evidence. So there's no actual evidence that supports. Whereas for the chest x-ray, there is actual evidence of the lack of efficacy, the, the lack of benefit and the potential harm. And you gave both of those a strong recommendation, even though one is based on very low quality evidence. Why did the um, task force give that a strong recommendation then? So usually the strength of the recommendation is based not only on the evidence, but also on the values and preferences, on the wise use of resources and the uh, balance between benefits and harms. In this case, uh, we believe based on all those, especially the harm part, that it would is a strong recommendation against. So we believe that people that are either younger or with lower risk for lung cancer could actually have more harm than good. Great. So what we're basically talking about is a real change in our thinking then around um, screening. In other words, that for those of us in practice, we're talking about screening adults between 55 and 74 who smoke currently or quit smoking less than 15 years ago and have at least a 30-pack year, that we should be screening these patients with low-dose CT every year for three consecutive years. And it sounds like in the future, hopefully there'll be an organized program, but in the meantime, we could be looking at opportunistic screening with our patients um, if there's expertise in the area for these tests. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Lewin. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I've been speaking with Dr. Gabriella Lewin, a family physician in Kempville, Ontario, and an assistant professor at the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Ottawa. She is also a member of the Canadian Task Force on Preventive Health Care and chair of the Lung Cancer Working Group. To read the full guideline on screening for lung cancer, visit cmaj.ca.